The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. How often did you laugh yesterday? Hey listeners, welcome to In the Arena. I'm Jackie Goldberg. And I'm Leah Smart. And we are talking today about laughter. You guessed it. So this episode was inspired by our curiosity about laughter and by two Stanford Graduate School of Business professors. The first is Dr. Jennifer Aker, and the second is Naomi Bagdonis, who teach a course together called Humor Serious Business at Stanford. They also just recently released a book that's called Humor Seriously, Why Humor is a Secret Weapon in Business and in Life. And so they've been combining this research and tools that they've crafted based on studies over the years to help us all learn more about our humor styles and the case for laughter in every environment, including work. So we're excited to talk to you about it today. Dr. Jennifer Aker and Naomi Bagdanas came to LinkedIn, and they actually had a speaker series with us here about their new book, and it just seems awesome. I haven't had the opportunity to read it just yet, but I just purchased it on Audible, so really excited for that. But they posed this question that we actually posed in the beginning of the podcast episode. How often did you laugh yesterday? And when they came, it was, you know, an hour during the workday and it was in between meetings and they posed this question and the, the day before was Sunday. And I actually had laughed a lot that day and I was really happy to, to realize that that was the case for myself because they actually shared that the average adult laughs 17 times a day while a child laughs three. 300 times a day and how we actually lose this ability and intentionality around laughter as we get older. But even this one hour during my Monday left me in good spirits and I really was just so impacted by just spending a few minutes learning and talking about laughter and hearing them crack a few jokes throughout the time together that the rest of my day was better. And I was like, why as adults are we not focusing on this more? And why are we not focusing on this more in business? You know, when you look at some of their intros and some of the videos that they share, a lot of it is that we sort of walk into the office or log onto our Zoom and all of a sudden humor goes out the window because it's time to be quote unquote serious. And so we end up sort of compartmentalizing our humor from our business life and saying that it doesn't belong there. And I know you said, Jackie, you know, in, in watching some of their stuff, you saw them do a conversation with a stand-up comedian talking about some of that compartmentalization. And I'm curious what you heard. Yeah, one of the things they spoke about in this interview, and it's on YouTube for our listeners if you want to just Google it, is knowing your audience. So just as a stand-up comedian needs to know their audience and if they have a joke that falls short, they need to know how to overcome it. Same thing in the workplace, right? And Naomi actually gave a story about when she was really early in her career, in her 20s, she was leading a workshop or some sort of session with people who were a lot more experienced. And someone in the room made a snide comment to her about like, when will this be over or something? I don't remember exactly. But 
she in that moment had to choose how she was going to respond and how she was going to be funny about it. And in that moment, she was what she would call a sniper. So she made like a snide comment. I and I'm I'm butchering this right now, but it it was a way to gain her credibility where everyone laughed, right? And her whole point was you need to know who you're speaking with and and who, how you're going to go about the humor that you're going to to share. So they actually talk about these four different types of humor, and we all as humans fall into one of these four quadrants. They have the sniper, the magnet, the stand-up, and the sweetheart. Lee and I actually took our the quiz itself, and you can find the quiz at quiz.humorseriously.com slash survey. Uh, you can Google it as well to find out what makes you laugh. It's funny to hear about the sniper. When uh, when we got our results, we were we were almost opposite, which you know isn't super surprising given our different humor <laughs> styles. But I came out as the sniper, so the sniper is the edgy, sarcastic, nuanced, unafraid to cross the lines in pursuit of a laugh person, and a tie with the stand-up, um, natural entertainers who aren't afraid to ruffle a few feathers. I think the the so if you see the quadrant, basically what they're calling me is uh, aggressive, and either subtle or expressive. So it's either deadpan or more expressive. I tend to be one of those people who, uh, you know, I don't ever plan out jokes or anything like that. So I'm, I'm never going to say something that's kind of, you know, scripted or plotted. But I definitely have always liked uh, some of the more deadpan humor. And so I, I tend to probably embody that. And at the same time, it's interesting, like seeing the the results here, I was actually pretty close on all four. You know, even the the magnet, which I'll have Jackie, you talk about since that was that was your lead. But you know, it's it's interesting to note that. And I think it's probably also because I'm, I'm, for me, at least I'm very aware of the the environment that I'm in. And so I'm, I'm not always going to be the sniper. Like I get that there are places where that doesn't work. But you know, generally, that's kind of where I veer is that that darker deadpan (laughs) humor. I'm laughing because I'm not surprised that we are on different spectrums here because our sense of humor is very different. And just for our listeners, sometimes Leah will send me memes or things that she finds hilarious. And I'll take a look and really find them just dumb and not funny. And vice versa. (laughs) And vice versa. So I was highest on the magnet, which is magnets keep things positive and warm and uplifting. No no shocker there. Avoiding controversial or upsetting humor while radiating charisma. And my second was the sweetheart. Sweethearts are earnest and honest and they're human their humor often flies under the radar. But I thought which was what was interesting to me was that <laughs> while I am a magnet, they tell me on my quiz that I actually differ from most magnets in that I do enjoy a good prank every now and then as long as it doesn't hurt anyone's feelings. And that also by nature, my sense of humor is an acquired taste. So if people get my humor, they really get my humor. And that's so true for me. I mean, first off, I love April Fool's Day. I did a prank this year on someone in my life and that was really funny and went over well and the people closest to me would probably say I'm funny but the people who don't know me would be like "Mm, she's not really funny so this really landed well with me yeah and there's like an interesting difference between what you find funny and then how you show up in the world like I I don't know what that is but I don't know I kind of got the sense too from this quiz I'm like I feel like I'm sort of all of it right well What's really interesting about this is what they say is that when you know your humor style, you're more easily able to incorporate it into your everyday life. If you're unaware of it, then you're not 
really optimizing or using your strength when it comes to humor. So it actually is really helpful to know what lands with you and then how it will land with other people. So when you're being more intentional about creating moments of laughter in your life and in other people's lives, you can lean on that a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's talk Jackie about why we even started here. Like we, we found a ton of benefits about laughter. Yeah. I think it's no surprise that laughter is good for our health, both, both physically and mentally. I think about that older saying laughter is the best medicine. And I really think that is so true and we know it and the science even says it. I mean, physiologically, We've found, and if you look at articles on from the Mayo Clinic, or there's this wonderful article from Frida Ganat Shapunsky. She's an independent health researcher and management consultant. She talks about how laughter actually enhances your immune system, like longer term. It relaxes your muscles. It actually reduces your blood pressure. And they've actually found that it has a similar effect as exercise on your heart rate and heart rate variability, which is really amazing. And there's just like a bunch of studies that have been done on people who've laughed every day, just having better health, less likely to have heart disease compared to those who who almost never laughed. I think with so many people experiencing stress and anxiety, you know, in in an even more intense way over the last year and a half, laughter becomes more powerful. But it's really hard to be incredibly stressed and to laugh at the same time. And so, you know, when we can lean into that laughter, it's got a lot of positive benefits in the long term, just like anxiety and stress have a lot of detrimental effects on our bodies and on our minds and our spirits in the long term. Some of the cool stuff we found from the Mayo Clinic that talked about the short and long term effects of laughter were, you know, short term, it stimulates organs. So really interesting. Um, We wouldn't think about this as something that's stimulating our organs, but it actually does. Uh, And it also increases our endorphins that are released by our brains, right? So we get this rush of endorphins to our brains and we laugh. It also activates and relieves our stress response. So, you know, cortisol is released when you're under stress, stress or pressure, and it essentially cools down that response. And then it soothes tension in the short term, right? So in our bodies, it stimulates more circulation. It helps with muscle relaxation. It does all this good stuff. And then, you know, it's in the long term, it's not just a a quick kind of thing. It's got a lot of benefits around physiology, you know, making our immune systems better, our muscles relax, reducing our blood pressure, which is also associated with high stress. And ultimately, we know laughter improves our moods, right? So if you're laughing, you're going to be happier, you're going to get more chemicals to your brain, and life will be more fun. And you referenced before how this year has been a hard one and probably not as many laughs as we've had in the past. And we actually know that that's probably true since we were more alone this year than ever because the data shows us that people are up to 30 times more likely to laugh in a group than when alone. But what's really cool is that when you understand humor, when you're intentional about creating it in your life, you can actually laugh alone. You can find those moments or create those moments to laugh just when you're by yourself. And I will also say, you know, I'm a huge fan of making sure we don't spiritually bypass uh, the things that are happening. So there's just times where laughter is is more difficult. I mean, I'll even share right now, I'm, I'm finding it harder to laugh as we do this episode about laughter, which is kind of funny and ironic. But one of the quotes that we found that we liked that relates to, you know, when we have challenges is if we can laugh at life, we can laugh at our problems. So it becomes a gym for the soul, right? So it's just coming back to this sense of, you know, recognizing that laughter is a really powerful and 
old way of shifting some of our experiences in life. And so when we were researching, we were finding that, you know, laughter goes back to 10 to 16 million years ago. It's an evolutionary thing that's come from not just us, but also from, you know, our our relatives, the chimpanzees and the other great apes. Um, and so it has a, I know, <laughs> great apes. So, <laughs> so it traces really far back and is a great quote that says something like, like, you know, laughter is one of the oldest languages that humans have. And it, and it really is. Jackie and I got a really good laugh out of the fact that there is actually a title for someone who studies laughter. So like, I think Jackie, you said that's your, your, your lotto job is getting to go start to study laughter. And it's called a gelatologist. I mean, first of all, when you look at it, it looks like the word gelato. So you think of ice cream and potentially that it's someone who studies gelato, which would also be really cool. Also acceptable. But I think back to Scott Chute and how he talked about his lotto job, right? If he won the lotto, what would he still do? And I was like, wow, studying laughter sounds awesome. Yeah, all you do is laugh. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we're changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. So come figure it out with me on the Hello Monday podcast. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or NYU professor Scott Galloway on choosing a career. I think the worst advice you can give a kid is follow your passion. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday with me, Jesse Hempel, on the LinkedIn Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. So how do we be more intentional about bringing laughter into our lives? Because I'm honestly very into this. And Leah, you actually mentioned something to me, which I really like. We both use the five-minute journal, which is journaling in the morning and at night. And part of the morning part is setting your intentions for the day. And you had mentioned to me that you often will say, you know, finding laughter in every meeting or finding moments of laughter. And I love that because you're putting that out there in the universe and you're obviously just more aware of it. And now that you know your style of humor, it's also like, how can you be more intentional about doing that? So one of the things that you can do is just find moments throughout every day that are somewhat funny, but if you overlook them, you wouldn't even find the humor in them. So the point is to look at them. So an example may be a typo in a text, right? And pulling that out and 
making a joke about it or the shape of a vegetable in your fridge that looks a little funny or your pet's antics. Now, these three examples are from our friend Frida Gnot-Shupinski, who I mentioned before. But there are so many other things that come up in day-to-day life that I feel like a song on the radio or just a remembering a dream and being able to talk about it and laugh about it. There's so many moments that we can actually find humor in if we were open to it. And I want to just call out how ridiculous the shape of a vegetable in your fridge is, but I am now going to be looking for a reason to laugh at the broccoli in my fridge. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. One of the things that I like to do, and this is my sense of humor and going back to where the people in my life, I believe, think I'm funny, but the people who don't know me terribly well probably don't, is that I like to reference things from earlier. And meaning, like, if you make a joke about something in a conversation with someone, being able to reference it a few days later, a week later, and going back, it's almost this, like, inside joke type of thing or trust. And what's funny is that I had thought about this in terms of ways to be more intentional about my humor. And then when I was watching that YouTube video of the two authors of Humor Seriously, they actually call this out and it's called something. It's called a callback. And I guess in comedy, it's also a callback where you actually reference something that you've already referenced in the past. I love that. I like the the building too uh, on, on the connection and relationship. There's a, a quote from a guy named John Cleese that said, laughter connects you with people. It's almost impossible to maintain any kind of distance or sense of social hierarchy when you're just howling with laughter. And it just reminded me of that, that like, if you can call back to something, there's that experience of like nostalgia. There's also the feeling that like the brain doesn't know the difference between a present moment and a past moment. So all your brain is doing when you call back is taking you back to being the image maker of that funny moment prior and you get the laugh again. So, you know, you can kind of engineer laughter, which I loved. You know, the, one of the other things that we found in the how-tos of, of this was self-deprecation, which is interesting to me. It's something I've actually steered clear of, but it was something that they shared. And so self-deprecation is kind of making fun of yourself. I will say there's there's definitely some boundaries there, and we probably all know, the, know that line. Um, I think about this episode of The Office where Michael's doing that, and he totally goes off the rails. <laughs> and then you can also see his regret in the moment. But it is funny oftentimes to just say, like, God, I'm just being silly, or I'm just being ridiculous. Uh, and just to know and to share that life is just funny. And sometimes we're all just silly and that's okay. Yeah. And and Jennifer and Naomi actually called this out when you're in the workplace. As you get more senior, right, your ability to find humor and make light of things actually becomes more important because now you're impacting a, a, a wider breadth of people. And a great way to do that is self-deprecation. And of course, with boundaries and with appropriate levels within the workplace, but it actually can really help lighten the mood when, when someone senior, an executive, can kind of make fun of themselves. Yeah, there's a cool thing that Google used to do called Whoops the Monkey. And they would pass a stuffed monkey around all hands meetings and people would hold the monkey and talk about the biggest mistake that they made in the last week. And so it became this funny kind of comical competition around mistake making, but also creating psychological safety on a team. And it, at the same time, then allowed a person to be vulnerable. And in their rule book, it was you cleared yourself of the offense or the mistake, you let people learn from you. And then it was this continual competition of how do we normalize mistake making, but it was also humorous, right? So imagine passing a giant monkey around or in the case of today, you know, everyone having a monkey at their 
house and raising your hand with the monkey and saying, I made a mistake, right? So it's, I love the idea of sharing how we get more humorous as we get more senior so that we stay more human. Wow, I hadn't heard of that before, but I love that. Just really bringing intentional laughter into the workplace and humanizing it. That's awesome. Yeah. You had said too, Jackie, like this idea of black belt humor that I would love for you to share because I thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, and I, I took this term black belt humor again from Scott Shute, just referencing him all day today, but he talked about black belt gratitude, which is finding gratitude in something challenging that's going on at that moment. And I thought, why not black belt humor, right? Finding humor in something that's challenging at that moment. And I have a really good example of this. To our listeners who've listened to this before, um, a lot of you know that my father passed away from cancer in 2019. And we knew he was dying. And we really did a lot to prepare for it. We had about four months with him from the time he was diagnosed to when he passed. But my dad was a jokester. He was a comedian. He loved to find humor in anything and everything possible. And you know, about a month before he passed, we were doing a f- one of our family meetings that he would get us together for, where we would kind of prepare for his impending death. And it sounds, you know, kind of morbid, and I guess it is, but again, we were able to make light of the situation and just see the benefits of doing something like this. And we were talking about where his funeral was going to be, and we were asking him, you know, where do you want your funeral to be? And I'll never forget, my mom suggested one place, and he said, no, nope, we can't have it there. And and we're all like, why? He said, because the parking lot is too small. I need my guests to be able to find parking at my funeral. And we were just on the floor. I mean, the funniest part is that he was dead serious. Like He's like, I really want my guests to have a good funeral for me. But the fact that we're literally talking about his death, I mean, it was incredible, right? To be able to find humor in death and humor in one of the biggest tragedies of life. And so that's what I would call black belt humor. And for anyone who can do that, I, I admire you and, and, and I challenge you all to, to, to find some black belt humor in your life. Well, and I love that you're talking about that. He said, my guests, Mm -hmm. like, as in like, he's hosting a party, everyone's coming and they need to have parking. It was a party for his life. That's what it was. It was a party (laughs) for his life. Well, and, and as you know, Jackie, and probably as our listeners know, we don't believe that death is the end of it all. So it is his party and it was him hosting something. So the party of his earth life, his physical life on earth. That's right. So we're going to have you all do one final thing. It's a practice you can do anytime you want to smile or laugh. The beauty of laughter and the beauty of this practice is that our brains can be trained to be happier. So that's a lot of what, what we talk about is how do we work through the hard stuff, but also how do we you know, engineer some of these moments that help us live into more humor, more contentment, more joy, more happiness. So this exercise is based on research that was done quite a while back. It's called the Duchesne Smile. And I'm going to ask you to grab a pen right now. I got mine right here. Perfect. And just go ahead and relax your face muscles. So if you're holding yourself tight anyway, relax. And take the pen and put it in between your teeth as far back as it can go. And let your eyes kind of move up. So just relax your face. Let everything go up. If You, you can't see Jackie, but she's smiling right now. <laughs> and if you hold it like this for about five to ten seconds, 
The research shows that it's actually helping your brain because it's taking your facial muscles and telling your brain that it's smiling. So it can lower your heart rate. It can help you recover from stressful activities. And it can, of course, make you happier. <laughs> so that's the Duchesne smile. Try it out. You know, the sad part is one day you'll know exactly what this trick is and it might not work, but keep doing it till your brain figures it out. Well, it also felt kind of fun, like a kid, you know, doing a little exercise. So that made me chuckle. So definitely made me laugh. (laughs) There we go. That too. Well, we will leave you with another quote around laughter. There are so many good ones out there from Lord Byron. Always laugh when you can. It is cheap medicine. It sure is. And we hope you all get some laughs in the next couple weeks. You can find us on Spotify, Google, Audible, and of course, the podcast app if you want to keep listening to In the Arena. We'd also love for you to subscribe and rate us. Tell people you know if you like what we're doing. And we will see you all next time right here. Have a great day, everyone. 